Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 13 of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to a teacher at Stanwood High School and the advisor of the Future Business Leaders of America. Please welcome George Colby. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode. On this episode, George and I get into uh, discussing FBLA, which is Future Business Leaders of America, which is a really neat organization that works with high schoolers and teaches them real-world skills, such as interviews, business plans, uh, financial planning, stuff like that. And um, George has actually been an advisor for FBLA for 25 years at Stanwood High. So a really long time and has been doing a fantastic job. So I've actually got to work with some of his students at the Frozen Explosion booth at the Stanwood Camino Fair. And they're just outstanding students. They, he's done such a good job working with them, building their self-confidence and building a great work ethic with them. Um, another thing is, at the end of this interview, I actually had a, a follow-up conversation with George, and I wish I'd recorded it, but we had already cut the recording and put the equipment away. But <clears throat> George was speaking about how um, he's had a stutter that he's had to deal with uh, most of his life, and and with that, he's you know he was always tempted to maybe go into something that didn't make him you know speak on a regular basis something like truck truck driving or something where he could just kind of do his job not talk to people but instead he's used it as a way to reach other people and is you know in a job that that's a main part of what he does i mean he's literally paid to speak to teach these kids and to work with them and he uses it as a tool for other kids because everyone has something that they struggle with, something that's difficult. And he's used that to be able to help other students um, get out of the comfort zone and work through whatever it is to be able to achieve um, a great, you know, great success. So um, I just thought it was really inspiring. I wish I'd been able to record that part of the conversation. Um, but without further ado, here is my conversation with George Colby. Hey, Islanders, it's Brandon with the Camino Voice, and today I'm speaking with an advi the advisor of the Future Business Leaders of America, or FBLA, and a teacher at Stanwood High School. Please welcome George Colby. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Brandon. Yourself? Doing well. So we'll get into everything, but first, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about George Colby? Well, I was born in Silverton um, in 68, and then from there I moved to the East Coast. I attended a private uh, school back, back there up until uh, eighth grade. Um, when I graduated there, I moved with my family out here because my dad had picked up a job at Boeing. And so my career as a, as a Spartan began in 82, um, and I graduated from Stanwood High School in 86, um, after that, I joined the Army for a, a while. I earned my teaching degree from Central, and uh, I earned a master's from City U and that stuff. And I've gotten married. I have two great kids, and uh, life life is great. 
That's awesome. So you, um, you, you were grew up on the East Coast until about what age then? Uh, I moved out here as a ninth grade kid, so I graduated there in eighth grade, and then that summer uh, we spent time here in Stan Stanwood. Okay, how was that transition of? Because that's that's kind of a formative time. Like you've got your friends from junior high, you're like all pumped to go into high school, and then you move. How did that all? How did that go? Well, um, as with anyone that moves a lot, it's. Uh, uh, tough too because you have to make uh, friends really quick. You have to learn how to be a friend, and um, I think too you just need to set your expectations based upon your your experience and that stuff as well. And I feel like um, it really helped me grow into the pers- per person I am now. Yeah. So then you moved. I didn't. I guess I didn't also realize that you had actually attended uh, Stanwood High. So you were at Stanwood High. In 84 or 82? Yes, I started there as a ninth grade kiddo in 1982, and I graduated in 1986. Okay, what was Stanwood High like back then? <laughs> um, well, I would say it's pretty much like, like it is now, except for the fact that it was a much smaller school. And uh, I, I guess what I've learned in the past 25 years as I've taught there that uh, kids are kids, and there's a, a group of kids that always want to be involved and do the uh, right thing, as well as the uh, kids that are a little bit more disenfranchised with, with school as well. All right. So how long have you been working uh, with FBLA here at Sandwood High? I started um, helping out in FBLA my very first year, so that, so that would have been 1994. Okay, so you started then. Um, who you were working with was someone else? Had they already started the program with Stanwood High? Well, the program had started. In fact, I think it was already a thing when I was a student there many, many years ago. But um, my very first year, I worked along Wendy Carletti, who was the advisor at that point, and she was more than ha- happy to give me a chance to try things out. And um, so I did, and I've been the advisor since then. All right. So then you must, then in that first year of, of helping her, did, is that when you actually took it over during that first year then? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then <clears throat> what was your motivation for getting involved with FBLA? Well, I would say that uh, what I really look forward to is I look forward to... Um, working with kids who want to better themselves, kids that want to develop their professionalism skills, uh, kids that want to challenge above and beyond uh, sports and that stuff. And I just found um, that the kids involved with FBLA were kids that really had a chance to challenge themselves in all of their different events and, and what type of events do they, for those who don't, aren't aware of, of what uh, Future Business Leaders of America kind of does and everything, um, what are some of the events that they do or are able to get involved in? Well, I think when I first started, there was probably about 35 or 40 events. And generally speaking, the events were anything from a knowledge test to see how much you would know about a particular part of the business world. Um, and or you could sign up to interview for a job, or you could sign up to give a speech. There's also um, 
play places in there as well too that you could um, give a team speech. Um, you could also do, develop a web page. You you could do a video and that stuff. And so um, now after 25 years, I've really seen things grow. And um, I believe now we have about 80 events or so at this point. Wow. Okay. So, and then <clears throat> has that stayed within those general categories or does that continue to expand from there? With the exception of, it seems like that we've added a bunch more events that have to do with programming skills. Um, it's still pretty pretty much the same uh, thing. It's just that we've come up with new ways to... Um, test and measure the bi 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 business school of our students. Okay. Um, <clears throat> can you share a favorite story you have from FBLA? A favorite story that I could share um, was a student named Lindsay, and this was pro probably about 15 to 18 years or so ago, and Lindsay was... Um, a student that really excelled in the sports world. She played three sports and, and, and was really known for her, her athletic skills. And uh, I encouraged her to try out FBLA. And I think she signed up for a public speaking event of some sort. And um, as I recall the story, I think she earned, say, sec sec second or third place or so. But I just remember that when the day was done and the bus was back back at school, she was out front waiting for her mom and she had tears in her eyes. And um, I, I asked her what's wrong and she said, well, you know, up until now I've always been known for my skills on the uh, sports field and that stuff. And this is the first time I've won an award for uh, being smart and doing 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 a speech. And I, and I would say that there was the hook that really uh, caught caught me up and made me want more and more of that kind of story. <clears throat> well, yeah, and then so then with with each each student you've worked with, you get to see that progression of. Um, I mean, you with your program, have you how many uh, freshmen do you get in each kind of next round? Well, it ebbs and flows de depending upon the year. I mean, there's been years where I have. Um, upwards of 225 kids, um, you know, which which can be 10% uh, of the student student body up at the high school. Um, and there's been some years too where it's just about 80 kids or so. But uh, the cool thing is is that I just love wa watching kids uh, grow, and I, and I love to see that light bulb come come on where they start to think about what's next beyond high, high school, and they want to make sure that they have the skills and experience, um, you know, with, with the uh, friends that they make in FBLA to be a success. <clears throat> yeah, well, and that's, you know, I think it's so neat that they get to, whether they're freshmen or seniors, like, um, they get to work on this team and get to build these, these core skills that they're going to use the rest of their lives. Um, I think that's such a, a neat um, ability. And, like, I didn't do that as a kid. And um, I think that it's such a neat opportunity for these kids to go through. Well, and I feel like, too, that that's a thing that I didn't do when I was in high school. I spoke a little bit about uh, the disenfranchised students and that stuff. And I would 
um, say that that's more of the kind of student that I was when I was in high school, and I didn't really take advantage of all the uh, fun things and all of the growth things that I could have as a student and, and that stuff. And so I make a point now to make sure that I go out and I introduce myself to kids, and I really try and recruit kids because um, with the thousands of kids that have had an FBLA at Stan, Stan, Stanwood High School over the past 25 years, I've never run into a sing- single kid that was sorry that, that they joined. Well, yeah, and like they always talk about, um, so once a year you guys get to actually present at the Chamber of Commerce and, um, and and when I say present, it means that you introduce them, but then after that, you give the floor to them. And whether they're, again, whether they're freshmen or seniors, they come in, they're dressed up, and they come and give a talk of explaining what FBLA is, um, what they got to do in the events this year, what they're fundraising for, um, the different things they've seen in growth since starting with FBLA. And um, I just think, I just still like, just think it's such a neat program to be able to watch kids develop in that. Um, so, and you, with this, you've gotten to be, um, I mean, being a teacher in and of itself, you get involvement with the kids and things like that. But with FBLA, it feels like you've been able to actually take that, like a further step and really work with some of these kids, right? Yes. And, I, and I'd say too that, um, you know, my role has kind of morphed a bit up at the high school. For about the past 15 years or so, I have um, been asked to run the leadership program up at the school. And that really speaks to my strengths and that stuff there, too, because I really want to see kids be successful and grow and lead. And um, I, I just feel like um, in the past 20, 25 years, there has only been one year that I didn't attend na- nationals with, with our students, and that's just because I had some things going on in my own life and that stuff. But um, So I've taken kids to nationals for the past 20, 24 years in cities across the USA. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the other thing that I think is incredible is specifically with the Stanwood branch, you guys have done very well across the board um, consistently throughout that time. Well, and what's neat too is when kids uh, get to the point of competing at the national comp competition. It's really cool in the midst of all the, you know, the Texas and the uh, east East Coast states and that stuff to hear our little uh, school being called out because we had a student that placed in the top ten in their 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 event. And that's an exciting thing for students to uh, see and hear and that stuff. And that kind of breeds more success and kids kind of coming back because it kind of um, sells itself. I mean, kids, you know, I do believe that um, gen- that uh, kids are good kids and that all kids want a chance to grow and to thrive. And I would say that FBLA has been a great place for a kid to hang, the, hang their hat for uh, these many, many years now. Yeah. And yeah, just being able to see that, that, um, I mean, I think just some kids just need that little extra push to get, get involved in something. And then, um, and then once they do, like they just, their growth accelerates and, and all of that. So, um, in fact, we've got to work, um, me personally, um, with one of the companies that we work with, uh, or own, we get to have worked with FBLA for the last three, four years. 
um, at the Stanwood Commando Fair with the Frozen Explosion. And uh, it's been just... Uh, up until that point, we were working the booth, and we would work with either um, our team from from different parts of the business, or we'd try and bring in a crew that was just for that weekend. And consistently, we struggled with getting good helpers and making it work, um, both hours wise and with everyone. And um, and at one, and then at one point, um, the guy that was managing Frozen Explosion, his name is Alexander. Uh, got in touch with you, and you guys were talking and decided, right, that, hey, maybe that we could work together here on this project. Um, what was that? How did that kind of start that conversation? Well, uh, when he originally reached out to, to me, I always look for things where um, that there's a benefit to both the person who asked as well as to to us as well too and i know that we have gone around before and just asked folks to donate to our cause just because it is expensive to travel as a student and that stuff but i really uh like when my students can learn a uh, job skill you know they can test out what they've learned um with uh customer sir 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 service and um those uh, things, things like that, that, that gives students a chance to shine in that way. And um, for instance, uh, Camino Island Chamber of Commerce just reached out to me in an email the other day and asked if I would still have uh, students to send to the chili chow- chowder feed that's coming up here in, no v- in November. And um, that's important to me that kids get a chance to shine, but they also get a chance to try out their skills in a, in a way that it doesn't uh, really count yet as far as a job. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think the thing that stood out so much is the first year, I mean, up until that point when we were working the stand, uh, whoever was managing that stand, whether it was Alexander or myself, uh, we couldn't really leave the stand because we felt like, things would just fall apart as soon as we did. And they kind of did. Like, our team would freak out. Like, oh, we have three people in line, whatever it was. The first year that we worked with the FBLA students, um, we had, you know, a crew come in, and we trained them up on Frozen Explosion, how to make the drinks, how to serve the customers, what to say when they walk up to the counter. And, like, that first day, we, you know, weren't expecting much because we'd worked with high schoolers before, and it was just worlds different than what we had experienced in the past. And it went so well that first year. Um, there was a point on Saturday, which is by far the busiest day, that uh, Alexander and I were able to like take a lunch and like sit down and eat, which normally we just would try and eat on the fly, like run out, grab a bite, and then put it down and then come back in. Like we were able to sit down and watch, just like at a picnic table next to it, and watch the students handle customers that came up. They had some pretty good rushes too and not get stressed, enjoy the entire time and just get the drinks out. And um, it was really, that was when we were like, wow, this is such a neat program, teaching these kids these skills and really to just bring in this next generation of of workers and our, um, you know, really our future. Um, So yeah, I mean, just the personal testimony to seeing how well that program has done in, bringing kids up and, and really maturing them and preparing them for the real world. Um, um, so then, um, with, you know, we talked about with the, 
like the the frozen explosion stand and with different things like you like to be able to get the students where they're able to actually help out um and and kind of get some of those hands-on skills as well as raise money um what are other ways that people can get involved in supporting fbla and, and what you've been working on well, I know in years past that we've had, um, say, Leslie Tripp, who works in town here as an insurance salesperson and that stuff. She's um, worked with some of our FBLA kids to rewrite her employee hand handbook, and that was probably five to seven years or so ago. Um, but that was a project that I that I that I could send students out. And they would sit down with whoever has the idea and that stuff and kind of give them some guidelines and then just see what the students can do. So um, that's one thing that I've seen, too, in the past 25 years with all the kids that I've worked with is that I think our um, cost to attend state for three nights and four days, it used to be about 45 but I, but I know that one thing that I love to do is I love to hang out with my wife down at English Boom. Yeah, that is, that's a beautiful area, especially with the sunset at night, um, as well as the, the animals and the wildlife that's down there. So, um, plus they have that, the ale spike on the way back. So if you ever want to stop <laughs> by. <laughs> um, all right. Pretend you have a ten friend coming in from out of town. Uh, what would the first day look like here? Well, I would say um, I think how I would structure is, is very similar to when my sister just came out um, about a year or so ago. I think we uh, started the day by going to Camano Island Co Coffee, and that's not a um, ad that I've been asked to say, but I just really feel like that they have some great uh, food and some great cop coffee there. And then we would probably go up to hike on sh on sh Sugarloaf, which is a thing that I've done since my family was little. Uh, we've we've hiked hiked up there, and uh, it has a really neat view up there as well too. And then once finished with that, we, we would probably um, go to the shrimp shack and have some seafood. Um, we would probably spend the afternoon on the ferry, um, and I and I would drive on and that stuff there too because our San San Juans are just awesome. Uh, drive on, and then once we got to or Orcas, then then we'd take take a tour around there and drive and that stuff as well. And um, I think we would finish off that full day there with going to Mod Pizza in town here. Very cool. Where where is Sugarloaf? Sugarloaf is, um, it's an anacortis, and it is, um, you can see it as you're driving north, north on I-5. It's a, a, a round little mountaintop and that stuff, and it, and it just really goes up quick and that stuff. But once you're up at the top, it has an amazing view of the San Juans. If you drive beyond that place, uh, there's actually a radio tower up at the top of the mountain there with a, an official uh, point. You, you can kind of sit on, on uh, some rocks and look, look out over the San Juans and down towards Seattle and, and everything. It's wonderful. Very cool. I'll have to go out there and visit that. <clears throat> All right. Um, who is the most interesting person in this community that I should interview next? I've been thinking a lot about that, um, about who I could... Uh, 
share next with, with, with you. I think someone that uh, really stands out to me that's been a role model to me and uh, I've known, known for a long, long time uh, would be my father-in-law, Charlie Keith. And um, he has an amazing story. He's lived out here for a long time. Um, he has quite quite the story with a daughter who um, um, had as some issues as a young uh, girl and that stuff. And I just think that uh, you would hear a lot about um, what makes him special and that stuff. And then then all the years that he spent uh, ser- serving the poorest of the poor uh, when he worked for World Vision. All right. That sounds, yeah, that sounds great. Sorry, just taking notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> and then lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard on Kameno Island right as you're driving on the island, what would that say? <laughs> it's funny. When I work with the kids at uh, school and that stuff, we do a lot of um, kind of studying quotes and that stuff. And I think right now um, what I'd, what I'd want it to see, uh, say in that stuff would be um, – to, today is the best day to live your best self. And I think what I, I mean by that is, is that we are only guaranteed today. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow and we can't change our past. And uh, I think from my perspective of uh, working with kids at high school that have a tendency to put things off until the last minute, or they tend to talk in terms of when I graduate or when I get married or when I graduate from college. And uh, I, th- I think that, and, and this even speaks back to me as a student there, that uh, you know, I didn't really take, take advantage of things like I could have and should, should have as a high, high school kid. But uh, you don't have to wait on, until a certain point to, to start to live that best life now. Yeah, I think that's a that great point. Um, good news is I never did that as a high schooler, so <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Just kidding, of course. Um, yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. And I think that's true. Um, you know, I think that's true whether you're in high school or if you're, you know, much older as well. I think um, you can always kind of focus, like be able to say, no, today is the day I'm going to be able to do this. And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, George, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank thank you, Brendan. All right. Thank you, Islanders, for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to George Colby for joining us on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want more information on this episode or previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.